put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. The Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings, welcome to RLM TV. Bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How's everybody doing tonight? Amen. You are watching RLM TV Florida Live, where we're broadcasting from the heavenly angelic sphere and the halls and the palaces of white marble and the realms of the pink rose and the realms of the white rose for the growth of your soul, the growth of your spirit at the sacrifice of your selfish nature. Amen. We present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Holy Spirit. As is written, 1 Corinthians 6.19, Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who's in you, whom you've received from God. You're not your own. Therefore, honor Yadevave with all your bodies. So there's a consecration for the earthly soul, the nefesh soul, to do the will of God the Father in heaven. Scripture and the God-breathed Scripture is for the purposes of consecrating the lower person to do God's will okay so why do temples need to be consecrated there was a pouring of oil upon the altar and all the sacred things in the temple of in the tabernacle of Moses in order to consecrate them for the use of serving God therefore just like your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit there is a pouring out of the holy anointing oil to consecrate your heart your mind your members, your thoughts, your will, your emotion to the service of God. What is the branch of the Lord? The servant of the Lord. And to serve the Lord, there must be a consecration. You can't just serve the Lord because you heard about Jesus. It's not enough. Calling out to Jesus is not enough. He, the prodigal son called out to Jesus in the pig trough. How many of all know there was no serving of God in the pig trough? In fact, he had to walk 50% home for the father to come out and get him. Father got him, and it wasn't enough just to have zeal to go home to dad. He was so confused, he had no idea who the father's nature was. The father said, come in, we will kill the fattened calf, and you will feast on me. So there's a feasting on God in order to serve God. This is why we eat and drink the scriptures, the preaching and the teaching of the doctrines of the apostles of the Lamb every single day. And there are many doctrines, and a lot of these doctrines of the apostles of the Lamb, they're very cosmic. They haven't even been introduced in earthly church-age Christianity, and so a lot of it is very controversial. But somebody say, it's the truth anyhow. We read about the doctrines of the Apostle John in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, and it's out-of-this-world stuff. He's talking about the heavens. He's talking about seven stars in the hands of the Lord. He's talking about portals. He's talking about raptures. He's talking about leaving the earth and living in the heavens. He's talking about tribes that are pearls in the heavenlies. 
So a lot of the transition right now, I tell you the truth, by the teaching and the preaching of cosmic righteousness is to get the church, those who love Jesus, out of the earth and in the heavens. Now this is one of the greatest prophecies for this generation. Let this be written upon your heart. This is Bob Jones, one of his last broadcasts on God TV with Rick Joyner, Morningstar TV. Bob Jones, the Elijah of the previous generation, he said, my generation was the Stone Age, earthly. Your generation will live on the stars. This next growth in the prophetic is to go from the earthly to the heavenly, from earth to to stars. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Each star varies in glory, and then we shall wear, Apostle Paul says, cosmic celestial garments. You'll literally wear the heavens as your clothing. Amen. We'd like to take this opportunity to welcome the host of heaven and the prince of the angels, Archangel Michael. Thank you for being here with us today. And we'd also like to take the opportunity to curse every blood-sucking demon off of our lives, out of your lives. We curse them. We hate them with a perfect hatred. Let them be bound and chained and thrown into the eternal abyss forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye. What is written? You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Now, here's the issue with wickedness. It sounds real easy for anyone that has a, a, a any kind of goodness whatsoever about them. You're going to love righteousness and hate wickedness. Wickedness comes in the guise of righteousness, as is written in 1 John. The Antichrist, anti-righteousness, comes in the guise of Christ, the guise of righteousness. This is why things are so screwed up. And the main reason why so many people are able to follow an anti-righteousness gospel, an anti-righteousness Christianity, an anti-righteousness church which is everywhere, is because they're not God-inside-minded. If the Spirit in you is not built up with the Shekinah glory of the Word of God, there is no consecration to serve God in the light. God is light. You've been translated out of darkness into light. That means if you're not remaining in the glory light of the translation of salvation, salvation's called the translation. If you don't stay translated, you go back into the darkness. As it's written, the latter house is, is more open with seven spirits more wicked than the former house. If the glory light does not take possession of the heart and the mind and the temple of your bodies. So therefore, we're learning how to be disciples of the glory and to stay in the glory and do the works of the glory. You know, the works of the glory is the will of God. A lot of people have this idea in their head, I got to do the will of God. What's God's will? We pray to do God's will. And we don't leave the realm of the flesh. We don't leave the realm of our own blood and our own blood speaking something to us that's always nonsense. We need the blood of Jesus that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. The gospel comes literally out of the blood. Now the blood is transfigured. Jesus ascended on high and his blood is in a transfigured form. It's called the river of life. As is written, all life is in the blood. Well, the life of the new covenant is in the blood of the Messiah. And the Messiah's blood is pure Shekinah glory like a waterfall. For some, there's no room for the blood of Jesus because you're full of the blood of the saints. Stolen glory will drive you crazy. You'll be thinking and worrying about doing God's will all the while. You're drunk on the blood of the saints. You're intoxicated with stolen glory. 
So the best grace and mercy upon your life is to be cut off from the stolen glory, be cut off from the stolen grace, and be cut off from the blood of the saints, and let it be loosed out of your soul, out of your heart, out of your mind, out of your life. It will be experienced as a temporary decrease in glory. Why? You have to let go of the stolen glory and stolen oil. It will literally drive you insane. It will destroy your destiny. It'll destroy any chance you have of fulfilling God's will for your life. So let it be loosed out of your soul. Let it be cut off from you. And this is the time where all the stolen glory, no matter how long they've been sucking up anointing, is loosed out of their souls, no matter how close or far they are. Why? To make room for the glory. To make room for the blood of Jesus Christ coming down sapphire stones of undeserved, unmerited grace. Not to be abused, but to be used to rise in perfect circumcision. This is the time of learning how to be priests in the heavenlies. A lot of the church age, Pentecostal, charismatic teaching, and we went through all of it. I began in the Assemblies of God in 1999 and was trained in Assemblies of God Bible College for five years and uh, staff at Teen Challenge. And we went through the Pentecostal charismatic church significantly and even experienced several revivals with continuous signs, miracles, and wonders, and healings, and all of the wonderful things that God did in the church age. But the church age is not the promised land. It's moving us forward as a priesthood to do the works of God in the promised land, which is in the heavens. There has to be an openness to do the works of God, no longer on earth, but over the earth. What is written? Revelation 5.10 and they shall rule with the Lamb of God over the earth. Which means there's no rulership unless it's over. We've been under, and we've been doing the works under, and some of those works, listen, we had to go through it. Why? Because we're going through our own humanity. We have served God in our own humanity. In the heavens, we will serve God in His divinity. That's the shift. The shift is the mixture of the human being that it's part me. 30 and 60 fold. Well, how many of y'all know the Messianic kingdom age is a hundredfold requirement for everyone? And it's not hard. It's easy and light because his ways are higher than our ways. And when we get into them, it's more of him and less of us. So all of that pressure is just to remove the human being's priesthood. You know what Antichrist is? I'll tell you what it is in these days. It's the Christian priesthood of the human being. The ministry of Christ is completely and totally other, set apart from the ministry of Christian, apart from being possessed by Christ. We have so much Christian stuff upon us that we've lost the reliance of Christ in us. What's the hope of the resurrection? The hope of realizing Christ in you, the glory realm. And the glory realm is the stairway of glory. The hope of finding the secret stairway. The hope of the consecration of the heart to serve God with the heart in the angelic realm. And then to progress in that realm. To grow in that realm. To go from glory to glory in that realm. Constantly giving more of the human being, and there's a lot more to give every day. A lot of people say, well, I've given everything I've had. There's more because we don't understand creation. This is one of the greatest things of going cosmic in these days 
is getting into the wisdom of Torah. Christians are so beguiled by Torah, by the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, and then all the prophets, that we don't even understand the wisdom of Torah. It's the entire framework of creation. Amen. And this was a Holy Ghost highlight uh, this week. Jeremiah 14, towards the end of the verse, it says, For I will pour out their own wickedness on them, and not only the impostors posing as prophets, for the people could not have been deceived without their own consent. The people could not have been deceived without their own consent. Every man is without excuse. It is written, it's all evident by just simply the creation all around us. You could not have been deceived without first giving your consent to be deceived. Then once the deception is grown in them, it sprouted and it brings forth the fruits of death. So it's more about in this day and hour taking responsibility for those things that have happened in your life that you wanted to blame everyone else in the whole world, blame God, blame other Christians, blame apostles and prophets, blame the people who sinned against you in your past. It's time to take responsibility for your own actions and for your own way that you've chosen in life. You can't blame God for the hard knocks that you went through when you consented to the school of hard knocks. You enrolled in that school. You chose that way. Why? Stubborn-hearted, stiff-necked. Now is the time to soften your heart to the repentance. Bring forth fruits. Meet under repentance. What are the fruit? Fruit are simply the sapphire stones of the tree of life. That's fruit. The word of God. The cornerstone, the rock on which I stand. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Malkut, that seed of that tree, that rock. It's a seed. Malkut is a seed. Some of you want to go cosmic, but your inner man made of Shekinah light isn't even as big as your body yet. Step one, your little seed inner man of light that you received at salvation, life in your innermost being, that has to grow. You're going to Bible Spa. You're going to go through the RLM TV series. You're going to go through the School of the Magi on the app, the RLM Glory Life app. There's not really any way for you to go cosmic unless you have a full understanding and you're living School of the Magi. You have to live it. Some of you, you've studied it a lot. Now you have to live it, which means when you go to work, when you deal with your family, everything that you read in School of the Magi, and that's first. The School of the Magi is first and foremost before the master class. So if you've skipped that, none of that's going to work for you or make sense for you in the freshman class. The fruit of having passed and finished the freshman class is that you've reached the top of the world of Isaiah and you've been crowned with the engravings of Keter. And on top of that, you've already prior to that gone into the sun, S-U-N of righteousness, of Malachi, and your innermost being has transfigured from that little gingerbread of light looking inner man to 
the spirit of the righteous written in the book of Enoch, which means your inner man sprouts wings full of eyes. And now you have the vision in the eyes of the Zedekim. It's the eyes of the righteous. You can see now in those dimensions. And how are you going to know? If you have senses and wings sprout out of you and your entire inner man transfigures, you will know. That's not something I have to go and ask a bunch of people. It's not like babyhood Christianity where you need a bunch of people to tell you. It's you're growing up into being a son of God and you receive communication from God and you perceive the invisible realm clearly. One of the books of Timothy talks about the mark of maturity is your ability to perceive the invisible things happening. So you're growing up into that maturity and it's a cocoon process. Again, go through School of the Magi. It details in there for you that process. We had a student, I've mentioned this before, I'll mention it again. We've had a student that went through those teachings two to three times, reading them, either out loud or just at least putting them into the eyes, two to three times the entire school of the Magi. It got so intense that Jesus literally showed up and gave him a pair of shoes and said, go to the moon. So it's not really like a grasping for straws. Can I go? Can I go? Did I do it? I think I'm there. And let me ask all my friends close to me. And they said, yeah, 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 yeah. No. You have to live it. Don't you? There's no way you can go overboard on learning it. Why does it work putting it two to three times in your eyes? Whenever I wrote those original posts from Revelation, from the Holy Spirit, I did the same thing. I would take it and I would read it to myself. I would force it into my eyes, especially. And when I put it into my eyes, it would go into my inner man. I would sometimes put my hand on my belly over my spirit. And when I would write those posts, I wouldn't just feed others. I would feed myself two to three times. And then later in the day or the next day, I'd go back and I'd read it or I'd save it to a place. I would feed myself. So that's what I did. And then you have another student doing that, other students going through it and reading it, and then it works for them. This works. It's not like earthbound Christianity under Jezebel's Tower, where maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work for me, it works for everyone else except for me, and even the people you think it's working for, it's not working for. This is not this. This is cosmic Christianity. This is cosmic righteousness. It works. Yeah, the word works by its own power. Scripture says the word, the gospel, works by its own inherent power, which means the power that the human being tries to apply to the word is unbelief. That's what strange fire is, is the flesh trying to be the spirit, the outer man trying to be the inner man. That's what a pretender, play actor, hypocrite, Pharisees, teachers of the law, you hypocrites, that's what that is. It's having the word in the outer man but no word in the inner man. What does Apostle Paul say? Christianity is for awakening the inner man. There's no such thing as outer man Christianity. That's the slave of the flesh that needs to follow the consecration of the heart. Therefore, you'll never find one person in the Bible that served God except through the consecration of the word. Reminds me of when I started getting discipled by the Holy Ghost. You know, the first thing he said to me, January 2000, after I'd gotten saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, is, you need wisdom. Study wisdom. Proverbs. Listen to this. Proverbs 20, verse 12, in the Good News translation, the Lord has given us eyes to see with the ears to listen. The Lord has given us eyes to see 
with and ears, ears to, to listen. listen with. So he's given us eyes to see and ears to hear. That's Proverbs 20 verse 12. If you study scripture, it's about the consecration of the senses. The reason why there is so much emphasis on God's word, there's nothing God the Father has given us to consecrate our senses to serve him in holiness except scripture. But scripture has to go all the way through in the parable of the sower sowing seed and hit the mark. It has to hit the spirit. Otherwise, there's no connection with Shekinah glory. So if a person only allows the word to go so deep, he called that hitting the rocks. It didn't penetrate the soil of the heart, so there was no fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit comes when the seed goes into the Spirit. And fruitlessness is accursed. How do we know that? When Jesus saw even the fig tree and it did not have the fruit, he cursed it and it died. It needs to go into the root system, guys. What is the root of all the glory? King of glory, Revelation 22, Jesus Christ says, I'm the roots of David and the bright morning star. The least of these will be as David. What was David? All the zeal of his house was for building the temple. So the least of the kingdom age messianic Christians that we're bringing forth now by God's will will be as David, which means their whole house, their whole marketplace, their whole existence of their family will be for building the father's kingdom. As it's written, the least shall be as David and the greatest as Yadavav himself, the father. So you need to understand that is the marker of a member of Joel's army, a true citizen of heavenly Jerusalem, that your entire existence is for building the house of the father. Most believers we know are more interested in building something from God for self. You're building on shifting sand. All of that will be demolished. Guys, when everything is tested in fire, by the fire of the rain of the word of God that will come down from the sapphire stones, anything that was not built by the rock, for the rock, upon the rock, will be burned in fire. A believer gets tested in fire all their works. So you want to make sure that right now you're working for the Father, therefore not laboring in vain. As is written, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. What is laboring in vain? Doing anything that's for the self-nature. Anything. Even the stuff you think is God's will. Because in the light of His glory, you magnify the glory. That's what God's will is. Not your good ideas. Not your prophecies. Unless the prophecies and the good ideas are magnifying Shekinah which means magnifying the Lord, the King of glory, that light of the bright morning star of Revelation 22 is the purpose of life. Is this business, is this transaction, is this conversation, is this message, is this action, everything in your life, is it magnifying Revelation 22, bright morning star, Jesus Christ glory in the heavenlies where he is seated next to God in Zion? In the heavenly Jerusalem, is the heavenly Jerusalem blessed by the works of my hands, by the walk of my feet, by the thoughts of my heart, by the words of my mouth? Listen, progressively, yes. He doesn't expect perfection all at once. He likes the consecration. Those whom he justified, he what? Also sanctified, lifting them up into a heavenly state of being and condition. Romans 8, Amplified Classic. Therefore, he justifies and sanctifies and then he glorifies. And that whole process is making us priests 
of his throne in the heavenly Jerusalem. It washes away all the earthly selfishness to serve him in the Lamb's nature. What is the nature of the Lamb? The marriage supper of the Lamb. Those that are completely serving the glory for the glory's sake. Amen. That's great wisdom. Progressively working out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not a microwave all at once phenomenon. People who try to do that get into all kinds of heresy and they burn out, they fizzle out, they shoot up like a plant that grows quickly and then they wither and die because, again, as Brandon said, the root system does not go down deep. You need your root system to grow down deep into love. That's take your time with Malkut. The seed goes into the earth. In Malkut is where your roots will grow down deep, and that's understanding the humility of the love of the Father, the establishment that I am loved even as I am a child, even as I am an infant in Christ, I am loved, I am cared for, I have all I need in my Father's house. I don't need to go to another house to get what I need because it's all in my Father's house. When we see something outside, and we then have a delusion about that thing. Then springs the desire, which is lust, after that delusion, lust for power, lust for gold, girls, boys, money, power, fame, wealth, all those things of delusion outside of the Father's house. When you look out the window and you see the wicked rewards rewards of wickedness, right? It was written about Balaam. He loved the rewards of wickedness. That's called loving the darkness. That's the source of witchcrafted sorcery. So you may be tempted when you see those things because then the, the delusion, selfishness of the devil, then the delusion springs forth the disobedience and the sin of the lustful desires of the uncircumcision. Now, what truth will keep you planted in your father's house? I have everything I need in my father's house. When I grow my roots down deep into love and the sapphire stone of Malkut, I am loved, I am cared for, I have all I need in him. I don't need to leave my father's house for something I see outside. My father has better for me and he knows better than to give it to me at this young tender age would you give the keys to your car to a three-year-old to a two-year-old probably not why it's not wise they would crash the car can their feet even reach the gas pedal better yet the brakes no but a 16 year old maybe right so growing your inner man up as a body on sapphire stones the sephirotic decades the age of your souls in righteousness that's the maturity for the authority that the father is looking to give to you that grounds you for the power you must be grounded because when the power comes on if you are not grounded you'll be electrocuted and fried it's damaging God does not wish to damage you. He wishes to help you. He has good plans for you. He loves you. You must grow your roots down deep for you to make it 
in the long haul. And again, many of you beginning this journey, your spirit is quite small. You Bible spa, you do school of the Magi, you do the freshman class. Now you can do them at the same time, that's fine. If you're going through the freshman class, that's actually a great time to go through the school of the Magi. That's a great time for you to take notes when you're watching RLM TV Live. You use that time of growth to grow your inner man. Because if your inner man is not yet even the size of your physical body, it is going to be very difficult for you to go cosmic. So some of you, you're working on Malkut. Get rid of the distractions. There's a lot of distractions that come in the appearance of helping, you know, helping RLM, helping. You want to help, you want to help. Listen, the only way you can really help is for you to ascend in righteousness. But the next step for many of you is not to just try to go up while well, you're tiny and you don't yet have dominion over your own body. How do you know if you have dominion over your entire body? In the word of God, it says you can control your tongue. That's the rudder of the ship. If your ship is all over the place because you can't control your tongue, you can't control your impulse of anger or excitement to share revelation. You want to share what you learned right away, but you don't even know if you're speaking God's will or not. That's infanthood. It's not a problem. It's only a problem when you're going all over the place and you could cause accidents with other children in God's house, and that's not okay. So first, gain dominion over your own body, your own five senses, your lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. A great way to do that is through prayers of devotion and adoration, Bible spa without distraction, obedience to the apostolic and the prophetic commandments, continuing in the faith and in fellowship and love toward one another, and sometimes prayer and fasting will be beneficial for you. Not being very extreme with your zeal. Temper your zeal with a little restraint. Right, The gevrat of God's restraint comes down through the sapphire stones. So resist the impulse of the flesh and resist the impulse of uncircumcised da'at, gevra, and yasad, and you will do well. And understand this, you must stop speaking words that contain no holiness. Why? It creates a canopy of idolatry instead of Shekinah, and those gods receive your prayers instead of them going to God. So we break every canopy, bam, of idolatry. We forgive your unholy words. Now learn to control the tongue. Don't let the emotions, the Yetzirah realm of your heart emotions, allow you to speak words that contain no holiness. Not all of your words are going to be perfect yet, but live up to what you've already attained. Live up to what God is expecting of you, and that's all you need to do. And it's very simple. It just takes a little restraint and a little study, and then again, live it. In your daily life, God's looking for you to begin to live what you've been studying, and that's when the Word is made your flesh. I want to bring some wisdom from Joshua. And Joshua and Caleb in the Exodus into the Promised Land were the only two spies that had faith for taking the land. The rest of them said, We are like grasshoppers in their eyes. This is likened through wisdom of understanding the inner man. 
Joshua and Caleb represent the prophetic and the apostolic, the empowerment of the inner man. The rest of them had no inner man faith or ability. So the outer man is what killed them in the wilderness. Come on now. Don't let your outer man defeat you. We can take the land. The land is the flesh. We can take the blood. We can take the nations. Only if Joshua and Caleb, the apostolic and the prophetic, are our leadership of our spirit. Then your inner man is always encouraged, nurtured, built up, and strengthened to face whatever giants of the seven nations of Canaan, representing the seven souls of the promised land of the cosmic heavenly spheres, that you need to conquer and face in yourself today. And God will empower you. God will lead you. You're not alone, even in that fight of the fight of the good fight of faith of the inner man conquering the outer man. You have angels. Oftentimes we say, well, is the angel for me? He says, I'm not for you or against you. I'm for the development of the Messiah. Remember, this is about Jesus. This is the King of Israel. This isn't your kingship. You can share in his kingship if you give him space in your soul. If you don't make room for the Messiah in your soul, you don't share in the inheritance and you'll get into selfishness and greed and covetousness of trying to take from someone else Mm -hmm. something that doesn't belong to you. That's why of the inheritance of Abraham, it is written your seed and not your seeds, uh, plural. What seed is that? That's one Messiah, one anointed one, Jesus Christ. Any other seed must burn and die in your life. The seed of Messiah, the Malkut of heaven is within you. If you are faithful with that one seed, the entire plant of righteousness will grow you up into the heavenlies. And it's a simple message, and it's a deep message. These mysteries go on and on for eternities of eternities, ages upon ages, and without end. But the simplicity is be faithful with what you've been given, and it will grow you up into the heavens. Those who are faithful a little, I will put in charge of much. It is written. So what is the faithfulness of little? It's the amount of Joshua and Caleb, faith of the inner man, while you're fresh born again, living in the land. Below, the valley of the shadow of death, with the rod and your uh, shepherd's staff, they comfort, comfort me. What is the rod and shepherd's staff? The apostolic and the prophetic. Amen? Truth anyhow, therefore you get out of the below realm by the leadership of God. Is there anyone that came out of darkness and served God in light and fulfilled God's plans for their life in the entire scripture that wasn't prophetic? You'll not find a single person from Genesis to Revelation that did the will of God apart from prophecy or the spirit of prophecy, that prophetic realm of inspiration, of living in the angelic glory. A lot of people have ideas of how they can get it done apart from that realm of the prophetic. Without the prophetic, we're pathetic. So getting into the prophetic reveals the pathetic, and that's why a lot of people are discouraged because they got respectability hanging on their senses, and they care what others think. You cannot serve God and man both. You love one and despise the other. It is written. We need less man-pleasers and more prophecy-pleasers. Amen. That is so true. Most people, even if you are the most mature in your incubator that you came out of which was a church box made by human hands more or less made by 
demon hands to enslave the Christians and steal grace and keep them from rising in the ancient path, in the ancient way, the way of holiness, the highway of holiness of Isaiah, the path of the lightning path of Enoch into the stars. So even if you are the most mature in your incubator that you came out of, you're still an infant in Christ. So even after all those years of study and those years of healing and prayer and spiritual experiences, you're still a baby in Christ. And if you can understand that and not be offended by that, but to embrace the truth, because why? What does love rejoice in? Love rejoices in the truth. Amen. So when we rejoice in the truth, we just embrace, you know what? It is what it is. Instead of fighting with it, denying it, arguing about it, getting offended about it, just accept the way things are, but don't leave things the way they are. You can then begin to make the change and you will grow quickly. You will grow more quickly if you accept the truth and then just begin to work on what you need to work on and do the work. Just put in the work, put in the time. It's better off, you're better off having those five, 10 minutes, 30 minutes a day with a gradual increase in consistency than a big all out, oh, I can't believe this happened to be two hours of crazy intercession that's mainly just like murder and false warfare and you're just going insane and, oh, I'm doing this and doing that and look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing for the kingdom, you know, and you're just a baby kind of still in dirty diapers rolling around in the mud and the father just wants to say, you know, just get back up on your feet, come into the house, we'll wash you off Get back to the Torah study. Just your gradual everyday. It's not very glamorous. That's why people don't want to do it. it. It's not always the most fun thing because your eyes are on something out there. It becomes the most fun thing when you stop trying to go out there after all those other delusions and illusions and fantasies and self-promotion. It finally becomes the most fun thing when you settle down and you say, you know what? I'm going to do it the good old-fashioned Enoch way, which is <laughs> loving God and loving righteousness. And I'm just going to put in the time and the work a little bit every day, and you build upon what you know. You review what you've learned. There's so much glory on just reviewing your notes. Some of my biggest breakthroughs, I would be praying and, you know, wondering, what is this next thing? What do I need to do? And you guess what? I just simply got a whisper that said, oh yeah, just go back to the next chapter. The next chapter of my Torah study had everything I needed. It launched and unlocked all these revelations so I could change my mind to agree with God's ways. That's it. It was simply my next chapter of Torah study. That's it. It's like that most of the time. Growing in God always breaks the box. So everyone's got a box. You have a box. I have a box. We grow by breaking our boxes. You will never grow in Christ without getting out of your comfort zone of the false comforts of the world which is the human DNA, the dust of the earth. Many shall arise from the dust of the earth, which just means many will choose to have many of their boxes broken. Will they break all their boxes? Probably not. Some may, maybe. The issue is, can you do it today? Can you get out of the boxes that your belief systems, even your Christianity, has put you in? I've studied the church age significantly. Five years of Bible college, studied the revivals in, in Bible college, there was never a move of God that didn't break the current cultural box or even the current cultural Christian belief system. You know what's holding you back? Your Christianity. 
your Christianity is what holds you back. The prophetic means going up into an unknown realm of God. In Hebrew, it's Ein Saf, which means unknowable. You don't know it. The problem is you think you know something. The issue is you're not teachable enough to enter into that greater glory like a little child because the next level will obliterate what you know today. Doesn't mean it goes away. It's just it's deposited inside the treasury of your spirit. And it's not just flesh power, brain power. It becomes spirit power, angel power, because you're transitioning into the realm of God. God is spirit, John 4, 24. Can you transition completely into spirit, entirely out of the flesh, allowing all the boxes of the flesh to be broken? That's what the manifest sons of God are. What are they manifesting from? They're manifesting from the flesh into the spirit. Amen. It's the belief that God will take care of you. You don't need to do something in the flesh to try and make up for a lack of provision. Because in the Father's house, all is provided. I have never seen a righteous man begging for bread, it is written. We've talked about bread a lot this week. If you're chasing after external bread, you'll be running from the face of the Father. But if you come before the face of the Father, you'll be eating the showbread of his presence. And that's the realm of more than enough. And let's just take a quick look here at money and wealth, because this is an important word for this day and age and many are overcoming the idolatry and the lust for mammon unrighteous mammon and if unri oh there's an angel flash right here hello thank you very much and what is it written about unrighteous mammon in the book of enoch he says woe to you rich for your riches make you appear to be righteous which is what if you don't have cosmic righteousness or if you have cosmic unrighteousness of the clippeth, which pretends to be righteousness, you don't deserve any of that money. That's wickedness. The only reason they've stolen it is because Christians were not inhabiting the stars in the Sephirot in righteousness. So as you rise, it actually takes away the right to have any of those things. And we had a couple of confirmations, too, uh, from some of the sisters words confirming that specific people who pretend to be stars as in you know celebrities things like that they have uh you know what do they call, they call them stars they call them celebrities they don't have any actual stars they only have stolen starlight from fallen angels through the sacrifice of others and self-righteousness so we had a couple of confirmations that some of them had stolen some garments and the stars mainly because it's a lot of the space is uninhabited by Christians. But even so, it's unlawful, it's unrighteous, and it's theft. Why? Because those realms have already been conquered by Christians and righteousness. At least two for now. And we're we're going to hold those we're going to guard those garments for you until you rise. So we just thank you for the holy warring angels and living creatures who do this kind of war to be released upon those false stars to strike them and their princes and for those garments those dresses to be released in jesus name <laughs> bam it's illegal they cannot have them it's already written in the eternity of eternities it does not belong to them i feel a fire a nice fire coming forth so we curse all of those things that steal 
They are utterly accursed. They have no rights to any wealth, any mansions, any power, any celebrity influence, any starlight of any kind. We cut them off from the light of the stars. We cut them off from the light of the planetary powers and all luminaries, even their princes, because they have no rights to the Sephirot. They have no rights to the heavens. Amen. So let those garments be released from them and washed and cleansed seven times over and purified to be restored to the righteous ones. And those of you who are going to rise, don't worry. We're going to hold on to everything really nice for you. There's plenty of time. You don't have the strength yet. Just follow the instructions. Take your time. Get your roots built down deep in Malkut and grow in holiness and righteousness. Do it the right way the first time. That's the fastest way to do it. It takes time, but do it right the first time. Steady as she goes. Steady progress. Steady obedience. Consistency. Every day you set up a perimeter. Every day forgiving each other's sins. Every day engaging in Torah. And you'll be surprised at how fast you grow. And there's that word on wealth. <laughs> and wealth stems... It's bubbling up. And wealth stems mainly from truth. Tiferet. As our sages taught, truth stands. <laughs> Shabbat 104. Mm. And the sages taught all the subsidence... All the subsistence... Woo. <laughs> mm. At their feet. Deuteronomy 11.6. And I believe that is why they laid the riches at the apostles' feet. Because all subsistence at their feet. This is his money by means of which he stands. Pesachim 1.19. All wealth stems mainly from truth. And truth is Tiferet, the son of righteousness. So your wealth, your physical inheritance the wealth and the riches and the glory and the honor and praise are now going to the righteous one and that's who's being formed within you so grow in riches of righteousness and let the external natural realm be imparted to you as you rise as you grow little by little with your circumcisions and let that wealth be according to your height on sapphire stones and your circumcisions. That way, it's sustainable increase. You never want your external riches to outgrow or outperform uh, what your circumcisions are. Because you can't handle the temptations at certain levels. So, lead me not into temptation. And those verses about, may I not have too little or too much. What is too much? This is a season of opulence and holiness of heaven and the wealth transfer from the wicked and the self-righteous to the actual cosmic righteous ones. This is the Enoch generation that's being generated how? Through the sapphire stones of Shekinah. Your mother above heavenly Jerusalem is returning to the earth. And so that's the time that we're in. So it's a good time to get circumcised. And again, what's not, what's, What's too little or too much? What's just right for you? Exactly your level of circumcision. And be content with your level. Never let those riches outgrow your circumcisions. If you have very few circumcisions and you're gaining wealth, you can always sacrifice it back into the kingdom. Keep getting cir circumcised. And then more wealth can be added to you lawfully on the law of sapphire stone. So understand that's the exact measurement. I've seen it in the invisible realm. Your height in the stars has a certain specific dollar amount. Even in, I've seen it in my in my own 
language, which is U.S. dollars. It's an exact dollar amount. That's, That's true. Malachi 3. The, the windows of finances are in the stars. It's scriptural. Amen. And so I've seen it in the stars. It's the path of wisdom, the path of righteousness, the path of Enoch. Certain heights of stars, one height, it says 300,000. And so once you're at that height, your bank account should should be at least 300,000 in that kind of a range until you get to the next height. And then there will be like a 400,000. There's like the 500,000. And it keeps going on and on and on and up and up. So what does that mean? If you're at the height of a certain number of financial increase, if that financial increase isn't actually in your bank account yet, that means there's still stealing going on. That means, you know, there has to be justice and righteousness done. Their judgments are going to come down until that barometer is exactly where it needs to be. But if you have a very little circumcision and your bank account is higher than that, I just see an angel flash here again. Thank you. We have witnesses of righteousness. Then you're going to have all kinds of problems with the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven cannot back you and your finances cannot help you because you have unrighteous mammon, which means your money surpasses your righteousness. That means you're in the middle of mineral level sin, which means you're earthbound to Malkut and you can't go up any higher. And if even, even if you're saying, well, I'm going to use it to give and tithe to the apostles, the angels don't care about that. They care about your obedience to God, which means if you want to hold on to that bank account, you better get some circumcisions. Or it's not going to last. When the judgments come, it's going to destroy your finances. And then you're going to wonder and start blaming other people and blaming God, blaming the angels, blaming the apostles. Look, this is just how it works. This is how things work in righteousness. You've just never seen it before because it hasn't happened in such a long time, so many thousands of years. When you go into divine providence, you have to be accurate. Things that people can just get away with just by living in a fesh life, you can't get away with that in, uh, in the circumcisions of righteousness. Like, down in the earth, in the world of Isaiah, where time and chance happens to all. That's an aspect of God's love and compassion, because if they were based on divine provision... You wouldn't even be legally allowed to have as much money as you have now. You wouldn't legally be able to have marital relationships, uh, you know, your marital relation with your spouse. Like, there are re requirements of holiness and righteousness for you to even have intimacy, for you to have money. And God, God's way is extremely strict. Most Christians, almost any, every Christian doesn't even meet the basic re requirements to have anything good in their lives because of lack of circumcision of the heart. So if you want to get into divine providence, wealth transfer, count the cost and understand that that's a standard you're going to have to live in. And it's going to be required of you as you go up. That's right. Revelation 22, Jesus Christ in the red letter says, all rewards are merited. Merited. I'm coming to give rewards according to earthly merit works. You know, we have a greasy grace, a hyper grace. Uh, Christianity down here, that's completely opposed to the red letters of Revelation 23. Last paragraph in the Bible. So we, a lot of repentance is needed. How many all know that the celebrities are prophesied to be devoured in the revelation of Jesus Christ? So it's all the stolen stars. Now, understand this verse. Job 38.7 Amplified. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God angels shouted for joy. 
When the morning stars rejoice, the night stars are sad and depressed. So you understand the fallen angels, the Jewish sages called them evening stars or night stars, stars of darkness. The holy angels are called morning stars. So it's an angelic term in Revelation 22 where Jesus Christ says, I am the Lord of hosts. I am Yadevav Sabaat, the Lord of angel armies. I am the Lord of the morning stars. It's true. So how do we stay in the realm of the light of the holy angels, the rejoicing of the morning stars, roots of David, the roots of David and the bright morning stars. So the morning stars sang and rejoiced. Job 38 verse 7, singing together, unity in the angelic spheres, unity in the heavenly glory. This is by using these temples appropriately. You're in the world of Asaya. That's accurate right now. Your body, if you are doing the right actions in Asaya, Asaya is the Hebrew word for actions, you can have your inner man merit the rungs of the morning stars. This is not something that is just simply grace. Grace is the empowerment for obedience. You have so much false Christianity down here. Jezebel's Christianity, that's the self-inspiration. She who calls herself a prophetess, but is not. It is written, red letters, Jesus Christ, Revelation chapter 2. The self-inspiration wars against the true morning star inspiration. You will never find one prophecy from Jesus Christ in the history of the world except with angels present, morning stars present. The angels are the ministers of the word. Therefore, if we can be consecrated by the word, our accuracy will rise, our light will increase. It's your own words that you think that are God's words that are holding you back from a greater glory, a greater rejoicing, a greater angelic sphere, a greater rung. Therefore, repentance is needed each and every step of the ladder as we go from glory to glory, rising in the heavens. Who has repented? He who is in the higher rungs of Jacob's ladder. These are the very gates of God. Jesus Christ said, I am the gates of God. Jesus Christ said, I am Bethel. I am the very stairway to heaven. That's John 1, 5, 1. And a round tree, one of the greatest prophets of our generation says, the angels in that book of Heaven Awaits the Bride said, everyone who's a true Christian knows about my stairway. They should have knows <laughs> the location. Every real Christian knows the stairway. You want to separate sheep from goats today? Ask them about the stairway. Mm -hmm. It is written, the real Christians know the stairway, that there is a ladder to go from glory to glory, and each rung requires mm -hmm. a higher level requirement of thought and action and word in your life. Therefore, you're consecrated and glorified by the requirements of each level of the ladder. Amen. How powerful is that? That the angel in heaven spoke to the prophetess and said every real Christian knows the location of the ladder. And we've taught you already that YHVH In other words, every real Christian is, is God inside mind. Geographic minded. location. It's true. Knowing this the stairway is being God inside minded. You'll never find anyone be consistent on the ladder until they're God inside minded because it's within. The stairway is within. Christ is the stairway. Yes, Jesus into your heart. Are your eyes focused on the ladder within and the requirements of terminating 
the human being on the outside. That's the burnt offering. That's your daily sacrifice. That's the conquering of the promised land. The inner man understanding the pathway home to the Father and what is required of the soul and the flesh along the way. If you don't understand that, you have not counted the cost. Therefore, it might startle you and offend you when you, you meet a real Christian in the future. That this is the price for the inner man to conquer the outer man. This is the price of going home. Simply the full removal of the curse of the fall from within. Amen. And that ladder is through a doorway. That's Enoch's door. Here's a hint. If you still need to find that location, Psalm 118 and the book of Enoch. And you go through those until you find it. You can ask for it to be revealed to you. Obey the instructions. Do exactly what God has asked you to do. Stop running after external things, power. Remember what Bob Jones, a prophet, Bob Jones warned against going after just the dunamis. He said, go after the exousia. Even though it's not as flashy initially, it's more powerful. You need authority. When you walk in authority, later on, there will be dunamis. But if you only value the dunamis, you will miss out on walking in the exousia. And that's walking closer to the Father. So again, that's Psalm 118 <laughs> and the book of Enoch. If you go through those and you eat it and feed your spirit enough, you go through the Magi, school of the Magi on the app. You go through the freshman class. You don't really need to do a whole lot other than those things. If you need deliverance, we have the pigs in the parlor deliverance video. On top of that, what's one of the main ways I did deliverance, self-deliverance at home? You don't need to fly somewhere to have someone lay hands on you. I just put my hand on my spirit, and I put the book of Revelation into my eyes and ears repeatedly. Even if I had to get headphones and hold my little phone and look at it, the entire book of Revelation, start to finish, every single day for several weeks. And by faith, and then I, you know, you go take a shower or something, or you go to the bathroom, and you put your hand on your spirit, and you just say, loose. And then, come Holy Spirit, come and loose me. And then cough once by faith, and then <coughs> see what comes out. You might be surprised, you know, people haven't gone through deliverance. If you're wondering, do I need deliverance? Yes, you need deliverance. We all need deliverance. That's this whole journey, but especially when you're starting out, start to loose all kinds of things. And get the word of God in there. He will loose you from the demonic strongholds. And we're praying for your deliverance. We're praying for your circumcision. And we're praying for you to go cosmic. And to know Yadavave, the angel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless you guys. Be refreshed by God's word. God's Holy Spirit. Let his blood be like Shekinah glory. Just washing through your souls and your houses. And bringing divine order in your lives. And a clarity about your minds, removing the confusion. Let the angels be loosed upon your hearts and your minds to remove Babylon the Great from you and impart the Messianic kingdom that you would see clearly into the future of your rising in God so you can easily, effortlessly desire to give up all the dead things in your life to live the living life of the resurrected one, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's see. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around, for today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion, a journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. 
We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized, the dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives, amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together, we can make RLM TV's dream a reality. And in doing so, we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.